Welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I'm Scott Nye. I am David Bax. Tyler Smith is, of course, still not uh, not with us on the podcast, though he's still with us very much in this earthly uh, realm. I uh, and has been uh, with us on the podcast, Katie. Well, with you anyway. With me, yeah, and I, yeah, I have. Um, uh, I, I spent Saturday with him, um, and uh, uh, we're working. He's moved to a new facility, so um, I think it'll work out pretty well to record from there, the way we did from the last facility. But um, part of the problem right now is it being the time of year. It is uh, all our episodes are kind of like about end of the year stuff, and he like hasn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, understandably because he's been in a hospital since August and in a coma for part of that. He's not entirely up to date on 2022 movies. So we did watch, uh, we watched Banshee's, Banshees of Inishirin together on Saturday. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you want to know what's going on with Tyler, you can find out at caringbridge.org slash visit slash Tyler and Jennifer Smith. I'll say it again, caringbridge.org slash visit slash Tyler and Jennifer Smith. Uh, and um there's somewhere in there there's a link to the gofundme but you can also find the gofundme um uh, on a post pinned to the top of the homepage at battleshippretension.com uh where you can help tyler and his family with their uh, uh mounting medical costs so uh check that out um also check out tweakedaudio.com tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds and a, and a variety of colorful colors and stylish styles. They look great. They sound great. I use them each and every day of my life. I actually do. I um, am not using them right now. I'm seeing this for our guest benefit who called me out for not, <laughs> who pointed out that I wasn't wearing tweaked audio earbuds, but I actually do use them every day. Um, on my, when I'm with the plugged into my work laptop. Uh, anyway, um, I use them today. I was listening to, Oh, a bunch of stuff. Um, should I be, funny and uh because i listened to a whole like uh, uh someone put a list of like the 25 best brutal death metal and uh gore grind albums of 2022 and some of those have such funny like names the thing about uh brutal death metal and gore grind is i think the guys who make it think that it's like this is beyond death metal this is like this is not for the faint sure. of heart but i think if you don't have any knowledge of death metal at all and you heard brutal death metal i think your first reaction will be to laugh <laughs> not not to be like oh these guys are scary <laughs> it's like, yeah it's 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 funny the 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 brutal end of things um but uh instead i'll talk about an actual i mean i like some brutal death metal i'll, I'll mention one that's both a really good album and um uh, a kind of funny band name um the band is called vaginal addiction in the album yeah. is called and the album is called Indul indulging in barbarism that's actually a really good brutal death metal album if you like that kind of stuff but i'll talk about a regular death metal band um who put out one of the best uh i would say one of the top two death metal albums of 2022 um they're called ripped to shreds and the album is called jubian that's literally what i was listening to right before we uh, hit record when i was walking my my dog um and uh ripped shreds are are awesome and uh sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds uh they're available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension scott yo you're uh you're here on an episode that uh tyler wasn't on 
last year. Um, it's the third, this is the third, uh, uh, in this annual, uh, new annual addition to our, um, new addition to our annual, uh, year, year end wrap up stuff We're we're talking needle drops, best needle drops in movies of 2022. Um, you're here. As also, we know, written- Tyler hates music famously. So <laughs> it, it made sense. That um, skip it. I, I joke. He's probably knows more about music than I do. Uh, yeah, he did um, tell, I, I don't know, he, he didn't tell me to bring this up on the show, but he did like the multiple uh, uh, Bowie needle drops in Glass Onion. So I hope I didn't just steal one from anybody, uh, <laughs> but Tyler did uh, did say he liked uh, the multiple uses of David Bowie. Um, but joining us as as has as he has joined us for the past two years on this, this episode, uh, he used to do a, a really good podcast called previously on, uh, um, uh, in fact, he might, uh, recognize this little, uh, soundboard nice. here. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, our old friend, Sean Ingram. Hi. Thanks How for you doing? having me. Good yeah. To be back. Uh, well, yeah, later you, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, um, you, you started this. I mean, you didn't, you didn't suggest it as a, an episode, but it was something you always used to like text me about like, Hey, yeah, what were your ta- favorite needle drops this year? It. We've talked yeah, about it for years. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I finally had the genius idea of just making it a, and put it on the show, make every yeah. conversation content. Yeah. That's the goal of the future. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we've, um, narrowed our choices down to five, which is, we were saying before we started recording was maybe a little bit easier this year than, um, um, or yeah, easier to narrow down this year because easier because there was, there was less to choose from. It seemed. Yeah. There weren't as many, um, big, uh, big needle drops or there, there weren't as many big needle drop movies. I mean, I mentioned glass onion has a ton of music in it. Um, and there's, you know, another one that may or may not come up. It's on uh, at least two of our uh, reserve lists in case there are overlaps. But the, like this year didn't have a ton of movies that were like wall to wall needle drops. So maybe that was there was no no P.T. Anderson movie this year. No, uh, I don't know, Scorsese, um, no Tarantino. <laughs> I wonder if the songs are getting more expensive and mm-hmm. budgets are just yeah. slimming down. And it also feels like falling out of fashion a little bit i was about to ask if it's a music industry thing if something's changing in that regard and it's well they're not making as much money on albums so gotta right turn it out they probably are the fees are raising yeah but yeah scott you also make a good point that maybe like the era of that being uh a cool thing to do is coming to an end maybe more and more uh directors are choosing to go with original music or or, you know, or, or classical music or something. Yeah, I think so. I just remember, like, I love last night in Soho is on my top 10 last year. I think it came out. Um, but it, it felt like out of step to have that much music in a movie. It's like, Oh, this used to be like super common, but now it feels like unique and strange. Yeah. Yeah. Am I wrong? But that movie felt like even that was less than he had used in previous movies. Oh, maybe. Um, right. well, definitely, it'd probably be less than Baby Driver since that whole movie is about like a guy who <laughs> yeah. listens to music, yeah, right, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, I will start. Uh, well, so we're gonna go do five, five, top five. Uh, I'm gonna go alphabetically by movie 
title because that's how I've done it the last two years. There's no reason anybody else needs to do that. That's just how I'm going to go. Also, I have um, ground rules that are just my own. I'd love to hear your guys' ground rules you set set for yourself. Um, I uh, generally avoided end title music. Same. Same. I also, and this was hard for me in one case that I know I think Scott agrees, I also avoided songs that were written for the movie. Yeah, I had to cut one major one because of that. Okay, so if we all avoided that, that means we all, or at least I don't know if Sean's seen it, but we didn't do the Tinder Sticks title song, Stars at Noon from Stars at Noon, which is a great song and a great scene. Listen to it all the time. Yeah. Great music, yeah. Yeah. Um, But not a needle uh, drop. uh, Yeah, yeah. So what, um, so also my rules are like, it's, it would be too easy to just, here's my favorite songs that were in movies. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. So this is about like the use of the song in this, in the scene. And so sometimes these movies aren't anywhere near my top 10 list there, but they just had really good, good scenes. Uh, where did you guys fall on like diegetic music? If like, if the character is actually listening to it, because I actually have a couple of those, but I considered like, is that a, a needle drop or not? To me it is. And I okay. have, a, I have a few of those. Okay. Yeah. I think all but one of mine are diegetic. Um, wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, well, I'm, uh, uh, I'm the host. So I'll, uh, I'll start. How about we go? Me, Scott, and then Sean. Sean's, right. Sean's the uh, the guest expert, so he should be in uh, uh, the cleanup spot. He should be, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like the, you know, you put the fastest guy at the end of your swim relay team, you know? Uh, sure, we all know that. Yeah. So like I yeah, said, I'm going, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm skipping a big one in the hopes that somebody else did it, but also, you know, uh, we're not really bound by rules. We can like, at the end, we can That's toss true. out some that, that didn't make our list. So I'm going to leave it, skip a big one in the hopes that somebody else does it. And I'm going to start with barbarian and the use of Donovan's Ricky Ticky Tavi. You got mine. Which, <laughs> really? Yeah. That's on my list. That was on my list. Uh, because barbarian was, is a horror movie and a good one, but also made by someone with, uh, uh, with comedy roots and comedy chops. And, the cut from a character dying in a very brutal, horrible, bloody way. And very surprising way. Yeah. And then the sudden cut to Justin Long driving down the coast on the other side of the country, uh, singing along to Ricky Ticky Tabby by Donovan, uh, made me laugh out loud. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that I took one from you, Sean. No, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's a, it's a great one. Um, did you guys know that song? I feel like it's from, is it from a cartoon or an animated or was it used in that old cartoon or something? Or uh, I don't know. It, it might be, I think I know it because uh, I, I didn't really know a lot of Donovan until I started dating Natalie and Natalie really likes Donovan because her dad really likes Donovan. And so, especially like during quarantine time, we would like at the end of every workday, we would put on a record and play cards that was, you know, and, uh, so we listened to plenty of Donovan during the, during quarantine time. So, uh, uh, I just know it because I know Donovan now. Yeah. I mean, I, it's too bad you didn't see the movie in theaters, David, cause that moment killed, oh, I mean, yeah. that whole section, yeah. the whole Justin Long section was like 
so refreshingly fun with an audience. Um, bet, but it, yeah. that moment was so unexpected, even for a movie that like was advertised or at least talked about as like, you don't want to read anything about it. You want to cut and go in fresh. Um, but even that like really caught us all off guard and was like so refreshing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then I guess Scott, you're up next. All right. Since you skipped it, I'll fall on the grenade and go with after sun. Um, the, under pressure cue um which isn't really even a cue because they like stretch and like what's the word for it screwed yeah basically like (laughs) they like take the raw track and really like tear it apart yeah they got they didn't just get the music they really got like the the stems or whatever you would call it the the first portion of the song is is straight and but yeah then it goes into like separates out the yeah yeah. yeah. And it, it yeah. comes at like the climax of the movie in a movie that's fairly reserved emotionally, but feels like this great, like emotional outpour um, and feels like kind of the stretching point of, um, I don't know, not, not quite her sanity, but like her, certainly her grief and feeling of incompleteness, um, which is mirrored in kind of the songs incompleteness. And it's all kind of like wraps around this dance club stuff that had been like peppered throughout the movie mm-hmm. um, where there's this like huge flashing lights and like, people and you get the people moving in like kind of irregular patterns and so to have that with such a great song that we all know and kind of kind of morphed around that uh it's tough to really like a lot of things in the movie it's tough to really pinpoint the effect that it has and really describe it but everyone who's seen it rightly identifies that moment as a major highlight in it yeah I, and it's interesting that you yeah you mentioned the dance club scenes which i i have been thinking of as dream sequences i don't know um i kind of if, have if that's to, how, yeah. uh, how other people would describe them but um those they're they're so the, the rest of the movie the main body of the movie a, a a big bold needle drop like that would feel out of place i think yeah totally but it's got this other mode that it goes into that sort of like it dips into from time to time and then explodes and that uh and and sequence yeah but it, yeah and it kind of somehow feels like a, of a piece i don't know I, mm-hmm. there's so much in that movie that i can't figure out how she pulled it off and that's definitely one of them um okay sean yeah we, well now, uh, now that we've like uh <laughs> cleared the, <laughs> the field a little bit for you well not to not to he preys on one film but i will go with after sun as well and my pick is um tender by blur mm. and that is the yeah. sequence when um and then the chronology is kind of loose to me but yeah they're just talking um they're talking about if he'll ever go home or you know return to glasgow right uh, i don't remember that but yeah Maybe. yeah and it's um it's just yeah it's just a song in the background um it's a beautiful, lovely song. It's a tender song, appropriately titled. Yeah. Um, and Scott, like you just said, it's it's kind of hard to like pin down to me what makes it work because this this it is kind of emotionally reserved that scene. It's not like a I don't know. They're having a serious conversation, but it's not. Um, no one's getting emotional about the topic, but um, it really struck me on watch, and that's happens to be a great song that's not the only reason to include it but but that's a bonus for sure it is a great song one of my favorites of all time and one of natalie's favorites of all time despite under pressure being the big climactic moment Mm -hmm. natalie and i left after son both 
humming tender mm. <laughs> because we both just just love that song and also the yeah the main bulk of the movie is a period piece in which that song would be would have been current right am i do if i'm doing the math right i don't know do they have, again it's hard it was hard to figure out when exactly the movie was taking place okay maybe you, i just assumed know. because of things like tender that well, yeah, it i was, assumed it was like 20 like, years previous which was like longer. like mid 90s yeah yeah. yeah. So yes. Yeah. All right. I guess I'm up again and uh I'm going to go with another singing along in the car scene but a very different character. I'm going with the song You Make Me Feel Like Dancing by Leo Sayer which uh Ben Affleck and his daughter sing along to in the car in deep water. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about that scene. <laughs> Oh, and it, well, because it, like it's he's like driving her to school, but then it comes back at the end, like after he's done things and gotten oh, yeah. away with it. Sorry for the uh, dancing <laughs> around spoilers for Deep Water. I don't know. It's uh, uh, but um, uh, the movie has kind of a um, uh, a sick, sick, dark sense of humor. I found the movie. I don't know if the movie would be described as a comedy, but I found a lot of it kind of funny. I um, and. Uh, there's definitely something darkly funny about ending with a little girl singing along to a Leo Sayer song after everything we've seen. Uh, yeah. So good choice for, uh, Adrian, Adrian, how do you say his name? Line? I try to avoid it. Lynn a Lynn. Yeah. Definitely Lynn a. <laughs> well, no, actually I used to work with someone whose first name was Lynn a and it was spelled like his last name. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, I'm going to also go to the sing along in the car scene, as long as just for staying with consistent themes here, um, and go with, uh, Christopher Cross's sailing and ambulance, which is nice. like the greatest freaking moment in yeah. like the tensest movie where they're like, it's two hour car chase guns are flying. Uh, people are performing surgery in the back of the ambulance. And then out of nowhere, Jake Gyllenhaal is just like, I got to chill. And he puts on Christopher Cross's ceiling <laughs> yeah. and he yeah. and his brother sing along and totally rock out to it. And then Jake Gyllenhaal is just like, it's not chilling me out at all. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and it's just like this beautiful moment of peace. And like Michael Bay gets the camera just rolling like right in the front of the car. So you're like, you kind of feel like you're sailing along with them. You're starting to hit the groove and you get like the cutaway shots of um i can't remember the character's name but isaac gonzalez's uh nurse uh like looking at them singing and so it's like cuts between the, them hearing the music and her just watching them goofily singing along to it um <laughs> yeah. and just making them look like bigger idiots than they already are um yeah. it's such a great totally unexpected moment in a movie like that that michael bay both like undercuts and completely like dives into the sincerity and the feeling of it uh beautiful moment i am um... Uh, yeah, I agree. And I also, uh, I don't know if I, I mean, that song's fine. I don't know. I'm not a big, yeah, it's whatever. It, that, that album has a place. It like reminds me of my parents because when I was in high school and I was like punk rock and getting into vinyl, I like bought a record player and I only had so much of my own vinyl. So I started looking at what my parents like had and, uh, yeah, they had that album. So nice. I, I, I listened to it. I probably didn't like it even, I liked it even less at the time. Cause I was like too punk. But, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I still have a fondness for that album for that reason. Uh, Sean, you're up. Kimmy, play Sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> 
that uh yeah yeah i mean yeah. that's a great i think that sequence is so cool <laughs> yeah and so fun it really is yeah and a great um yeah, it's a great pick. It's it's like it's character based. I think it it works for her, and it makes sense, and it soundtracks the scene really well. Yeah, um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean that was definitely a uh, shortlisted movie. That movie has a a few in it, but but few, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, okay, I said I wasn't ranking these, but this next one for me, my third is it's my number one needle drop and I'm glad I got to it and got to this movie before Scott did. Cause I'm wondering if he has something on there, but I'm going to go with a James Darren song called goodbye. Cruel world from the Fablemans. The, uh, Fable ones one. Okay. Yes. The, um, the, the ditch day at the beach sequence, the montage of him, uh, shooting, uh, all his classmates, you know, filming all his classmates and as they're having fun, but also staging things. And it's this, um, incredibly just like fun sixties teen, like, uh, uh, teeny bopper type song called goodbye, cruel world. Uh, goodbye, cruel world. I'm off to join the circus. It's a very fun song. Um, and yeah, the first, cause I've seen the Fablemans twice and I think I won't say it because Scott might have it. The first time I saw the Fablemans, I think I was leaning in a different direction. The second time I saw it, this was the sequence that, uh, stood out to me. Um, it's, and it is like, uh almost a uh textbook needle drop because like we see him like agree to do the ditch day thing because his girlfriend's dad is has got this great 60 millimeter camera and then like as soon as it cuts to the beach that song starts and all the kids are like running on the beach it's a great like uh uh, uh textbook needle drop moment uh well i'll go ahead and go with my moment of the failed is which is also my number one uh pick um and it's the showing of that beach movie um which uses the tracks uh, if you want to be happy by jimmy soul and limbo rock by chubby checker um that whole the whole construction of the prom scene to me is just unreal and the best part of the movie and i kind of hmm. have this on my list uh partially as a way to talk about the best part of the movie because i don't think the fable ones will make my top 10 but um so like when they're pulling into the prom, Sam's parents have just said they're going to get a divorce. Like he's at his lowest, but he's going out with this super hot, fun girl who like gives the best performance I've ever seen ever. She's so good. Um, and they're like, yes, I did uh, for the, for the, uh, both the OFCA, OFCS and the HCA yeah. tried to nominate Chloe East. Uh, didn't work. Either. Fruitless pursuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so they're like having a sweet little moment in the car. And, but then as soon as they get into the uh, kind of like dance hall, things start to take a turn. We get like the kid with the bad trumpet coming in on the band playing on stage. Um, and he like tells her he loves her, but she just like, doesn't care. She's like, it's high school. We're going to break up at some point. And um, she says to him, sometimes we can't fix things, Sam. All we can do is suffer. And at that moment, the principal is like, time to show the film. And this is, he's like, this is your big moment, Sam, your technical masterpiece. And he's still like, the thing that Sam is like tagged with through the entire movie is people are yeah. always condescending to his hobby um, and what is really like his big life pursuit. And so like for him, it is kind of a big moment, but like he's just been broken up with effectively. His parents have just gotten a divorce and the people are still kind of making fun of him. But then the movie starts. And if you want to be happy by Jimmy soul kicks in, which like might be a little misogynist, but it's a total banger. Yeah. Um, and people are really into it and they're cheering on the movie and you can see, the effect that's having on them, the effect it's having on him. 
to see all that happening with the crowd. Um, and it's just for a brief moment, they're making things a little bit better that his like creation is having this effect and to have all that paired against, yeah, this like big boppy, happy, weird song amidst all the sadness. It's I think one of the more emotionally complex moments that Spielberg's pulled off and that is he's doing it about his own childhood is all the more mm. insightful. Um, yeah. So that, that moment completely got me. Um, yeah, I also love the movie in that scene. The principal is James Urbaniak, by the way. Can't go wrong with oh, uh, James Urbaniak. Um, but uh, I actually have thoughts that both times I watched the movie, that bad trumpet player has really stood out to me. Hmm. Not just because the trumpet player is bad, but because the girl who's singing, who's like the ex-girlfriend like of the... With him. And is very good, a very yeah. good singer. So I think... Because uh, part of what Spielberg is saying about Sammy and thus this himself is this guy is better at this thing than anyone at his, in his social circle and his level, any of the, and any, yeah, any one thing uh, better than they can even comprehend. And I think it's kind of that, that moment is kind of a tip of the hat to like Spielberg's not the only preternaturally talented teen at this high school. This girl is also a really good singer. Um, but high school is a limiting place where the, you have to sing with the best available trump, <laughs> trumpet player. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the last thing I'll say is, uh, yeah, this, uh, I, this was the one I considered, but uh, another reason that I didn't pick it is because, you know, sometimes a song is used so well in a movie that it then belongs to that movie. Like I know what you're going to say then. And I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck in the middle with you. That's reservoir dogs. Yeah if you want to be happy is mermaids um, and share uh, and one on a writer and Christina Ricci dancing around the kitchen, singing that song, which is good. There's something, uh, yeah. There's something very cute about, like you mentioned the misogyny of that song. It's something very cute about three ladies singing in yeah. the kitchen. Um, and I love mermaids. So uh, uh, yeah. Can I do All right. So can I do a tangent here? Um, yeah, please. We've, please. We got to fill the time. <laughs> what are the what are the big Spielberg needle drops? Uh, I'm probably just tired and blanking, but I feel like, you know, obviously you go instantly John Williams, which is not which is score. Yeah, it's like, is this something for him to have like two big ones in the same movie? What am You've I got to have some good ones and catch me if you can catch me if you can. I'm trying to remember what they would be though, just because it's a period piece and kind of breezy. I'm sure he uses music in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good question. Cause it's, yeah, I mean, he uses, maybe, he uses music well, but I can't think of, you know, needle drop moments like the kind we're talking about too, too many of those in his, in his movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh well, now that's going to, be something that's gonna occupy me yeah yeah i'm trying to yeah i can't think of i can't think of any big ones off the top of my head because every moment i'm thinking of is yeah score yeah all right well um all right (laughs) well okay after that have i'll do i'll just do a fun one yeah okay um jackass forever Alternative Ulster by Stiff Little Fingers. It's one of the first stunts, the human ramp. Okay. Um, and it's just fun. The song is an earworm. Uh, if you've heard it, uh, I'm not going to sing it, but if you've heard it, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'd remember it. 
Um, and I've always had a fondness for Jackass. You know, they, they, I mean, I love Jackass, but specifically the music they use, you know, it's very, cause it's informed so much by like skate culture, which is very like punk, mm-hmm. punk informed or, or like, uh, alternative eighties, alternative rock and stuff like that. Um, and it's funny, it's kind of a serious song about how shitty life in Belfast was at the time in the late 70s. Um, and it's soundtracking this completely harebrained stunt that these guys are doing. But I, I think it's a good example of, of just, um, yeah, like a fun, taking a fun thing and making it more fun by throwing a fun song on top of it. Uh yeah, I like Stiff Little Fingers. I have not seen, I've only seen the first Jackass oh, movie. No kidding. I haven't seen. I haven't. I, I, I haven't caught up with the uh, Jackass's art house cinema like take that <laughs> seems to have <laughs> developed around around hey, Jackass I never, forever. I never gave up on. I never turned my nose up at Jackass. Uh, no, no. I've, I've I've always liked it. I just never. I never loved it. I mean, I remember the first movie being very funny. The first movie has the like trampolining into the ceiling fan thing yeah. which is so stupid and so funny to me uh but uh That's yeah and I, I barely ever watched the show because i never really had i didn't really have cable at the time that jackass was was on um uh yeah so i don't have that much i did i, I was technically i used to work for a as a pa at a place that did motion capture mostly for video games and so i was there that the day for the days that they were doing the mocap for the jackass video game. So I met some of the, I had a cigarette with Steve-O. I don't think I knew uh, that existed. Yeah. I was just about to just look it up. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, all right. So wait, am I next? Yes. Yeah. Um, hold on. I was looking up jackass, uh, jackass, the game. Yeah. I just found it from, uh, PlayStation two. Released in 2007, which is, yeah, that's, that's right. It's kind of late. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess because Jackass well, number when, yeah. two, the movie would have been Is that, around that year or the, the year or before. Movie? That, the second movie, second I think, movie? was was 06 or 07. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, all right. I'm up next and I've lost, because I was looking up video games, I lost uh, what I had next okay um this one is very much about uh a great use in a movie i do like this movie but it's not you know a uh, a, a great movie by any any sense uh jeff Baina's spin me round is the movie uh this is a um uh a movie in which allison brie plays a uh, uh the manager of an olive garden type of restaurant uh i think it's called tuscan garden no tuscan it's not tuscan it's tuscan something um and uh uh she gets chosen to go to this uh manager's retreat slash training that's in italy to uh the the only the best managers get to go but we kind of realize it's actually just meant to be a breeding ground for the uh, billionaire who owns the chain played by alessandra navola to uh uh, try and seduce women <laughs> um and so she gets kind of like sucked into this world of this this is one this is low-key like uh or at least like low profile 
another one of the like 2022 uh rich people are insane movies there's a bunch of those yeah it's been yeah, have you guys talked is, about this uh i don't know if we've talked about it at length we definitely haven't done an episode but yeah, uh yeah, yeah I, I've, I've been talking about it with friends it's such a it's a moment as they say right now <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh uh so yeah she she gets sucked into this world and there's a there's a part where uh one of alessandro Navolo's billionaire friends played by fred armison is hosting a party um and uh the song uh lady in red by krista berg plays <laughs> comes on while fred armison is dancing with alice and brie and he starts to lip sync along with the entire song and it's like this this scene is like the first time that she's really she's been swept off her feet by this charming handsome billionaire alessandra davola and this party is the first time when she's starting to realize like these people are weird and so this is kind of the moment that things start to get weird of like fred armison like lip syncing along like beyond the point that it's like cute or sexy or 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 johnny he's just like lip syncing the entire song uh while dancing with her it's a it's a very funny moment in uh a pretty decent movie all right i liked, I liked that movie yeah I, I, good pick yeah i liked um uh i liked the little hours too which is the only other one of his movies that i've that i've seen I, I feel like he's kind of a divisive director but he gets great casts did he and... do did he do the one she wrote horse girl did he do that? i think he did so... that too okay yeah. yeah yeah that was all right that was all right okay um, um all right i let's see what do i want to go with next i think i'll go with bones and all for dropping lick it up by kiss um <laughs> oh which is like totally sets the kind of like burnout uh vibe that the kids are living in um you know the film's about these two like kind of uh cannibal kids played by uh timothy chalamet and i've forgotten the main woman's name um oh it's um uh taylor russell taylor russell yeah how Um, did you forget taylor russell from escape room that's I always wanted to see the skip room because I missed him completely. Oh, see, that's a, that's a David and Tyler fave. No, I know. Uh, I, a, a escape room. And also she's great gone. in, she's great in waves too, which is a movie that it took True. me two two viewings to really love. Um, yeah. Waves kicks ass. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. I found um, it obnoxious at first. And then I watched Krisha. Is that his first movie? Yeah. Is it Krisha? Yeah. And I really liked Krisha and I was like, let me go back and give waves on the shot. And I was like floored by it when I watched it the second time. Yeah. Bones and all has a similar kind of vibe of you can find it very obnoxious at first. It's very earnest and obvious about what it's doing in terms of like setting these kids up as outcasts and finding themselves and all that stuff. Uh, I found it very sweet in the kind of like dorm room poster movie kind of way the, where we talked about a couple of weeks or months ago. At this well, point. Yeah, I, I want to interject here because we did an episode and i called them bedroom wall poster movies and you called them dorm room poster movies and i feel like that's a difference I because a dorm so. room poster there's something performative about it there's something like okay because there's something saying like this is what i want i'm starting this new chapter of my life i'm meeting new people in in this dorm which is a semi-public place this is what i want people to know about me but the bedroom wall posters are like really you're like just for uh, you. uh 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 sanctuary 
Yeah. 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 I, so I, I, that's why I, I, I say it bedroom wall poster. Movies. I think bones and all could be a performative thing as, as well as the thing you like okay. kind of put out there. I, I think, you know, I mean, I don't know what the kids are into. They apparently don't even watch movies anymore. But for a certain type of kid, I, th- I this would be a very key movie, at least, you know, um, when I think about being like 17 to 19, I, I, I like the movie a lot. I, you know, I, if I'd seen it then, it would have meant the world to me. Um, but Lick It Up by Kiss, which is a total banger. And uh, people make fun of me for still being into Kiss. I, I don't really care. Kiss is great. Um, and just seeing Timothy Chalamet rock out to that, I was like, this is... This movie gets exactly the culture these kids are coming up in and um, exactly the vibe the movie needs to not to take itself seriously, but not be pretentious about it. I guess it can be a little, uh, a little raggedy. Uh, I'll throw out right now because it's in my, it was going to be in my honorable mentions or, or my reserve uh, a different bones and all track, which is uh, save a prayer by Duran Duran. Mm. Uh, so I'm at, imagine you went into bones and all not knowing that it was about cannibals <laughs> and and you're just watching a movie that appears to be about a kind of like outcast shy girl right. who's like from the poor side of town who's like trying to work her way into this friend group of the more affluent uh characters and she finally gets invited to one of their sleepovers her dad doesn't want to let her go so she sneaks out and goes to the sleepover and they're like having girl time and they're really bonding and the song save a prayer by duran duran is on and then she bites off the girl's fucking finger (laughs) (laughs) it's the first introduction of of gore in a movie that has a lot of gore as it uh, or at least when it's gory scenes are very gory and it's such a a shocking moment uh and uh i love i love save a prayer right on okay yeah we were Uh, we were saying uh there's not a lot of movies that are that are wall the wall needle drops or heavy needle drops but i yeah. think that's kind of an exception there are a bunch in that movie yeah um and as i recall uh as a as music nerd uh there's a there's a joy division song and then i think the next like needle drop on the soundtrack is a new order song <laughs> which is uh, kind of a funny yeah choice by by him yeah yeah uh all right um number four for sean right okay. is that where we are yeah so. right. yeah yeah all right um i'm gonna go with a, a very literal needle drop no um in no oh, no oh okay <laughs> um it's eczema the obeya man by exuma I never quite, I'm not quite sure on the pronunciation. Okay. Sorry. Um, but that's a very, I mean, uh, what's the sister's name? Kiki Palmer is the actress. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Char- the character. Yeah. She literally puts, puts it on the turntable. You see a brief glimpse of the cover um, and it plays. And it's a very, it's very self-conscious or self-aware um, because it's it's the the lyrics are about this this character Exuma the Obeya man who who comes from space and he has the the, the these funny lyrics like he has the teeth of a frog and the tail of a goat or something like that. But the whole yeah and the whole the whole song is about like he's this alien visitor and, and here's what he's about and here's what he's what he's doing. Um, now normally. I don't know. That's a very tricky uh, 
thing to do. And maybe it works a little more because the song is not super well known. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't know it. You did. You didn't notice it in in the context of the movie, maybe. Um, no. Okay, but yeah, yeah. I um, I I don't know. I I thought it. Uh, I don't know. It fit with the tone of the movie. There's mm-hmm. a little self consciousness, maybe, to the whole the whole picture. Um, uh, but I liked that one, and I thought it worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think there's a lot of self-consciousness note, but there are parts of it like that, that when they land, they're so good. Yeah. Um, other, not needle drop, but other rock related stuff in Nope are the t-shirts most, uh, oh, yeah. uh most especially Kiki Palmer's bitch and Jesus lizard t-shirt yeah. she wears for <laughs> most of the movie. And then the, uh, the other dude, the like Angel. dude who works at Fry's, uh, what's his name? Angel. Angel. Um, yeah. he wears the rage against the machine. Right. Uh, t-shirt yeah. from evil empire i think um yeah good one all right well my last one until i throw out some uh some honorable mentions is also a literal needle drop and also from a movie that i thought was decent just okay uh ty west's x uh they get to the their their cabin they check in with the creepy caretakers then they spend the day shooting porn or swimming uh, unbeknownst to Mia Goth with an alligator and all this stuff happens. And then, then they get to finally relax at the end of the night with uh, uh, ham and cheese sandwiches and, and beers. And they drop the needle on the song act naturally, the Loretta Lynn version of act naturally, which was actually new to me. It's a song that I know as a Buck Owens song. Um, but uh, uh, it's a, it's a great moment. I like, I guess it, this kind of like dovetails in a way with, Ricky Tiki Tavi, like the moment of like of a, a horror movie having a that relax moment. Like everyone's cool, no one's in danger. We're having a good time. We're chopping up these blocks of cheese and these slices of ham. Uh, uh, we spent the day fucking and blowing each other. Uh, <laughs> let's just let's just relax. Um, and it's a it's a really great song too. Yeah, this was almost almost made my list. It's a it's a great pick, great scene. Mm-hmm. I missed X. I only saw Pearl. And I haven't seen Pearl. Pearl yeah. is Pearl is great, but yeah. no no needle drops that I recall. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to think. I don't think they did because it's like a farm in the 30s or 20s. Something right. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Whip out the gramophone. Um, <laughs> all right. My last proper pick is the only one that I broke my the rule on an end credits song, but just because it's been churning in my head uh, so much. And, it, you know, it overlaps with sort of the end of the movie into the end credits, but it's uh, in Corsage, Italy by Soap and Skin, um, a song I was completely unfamiliar with, um, but it's such a beautiful moment where um, Big Creeps like jumps off the back of a boat into like oblivion and then like spends the entire credits dancing while this super beautiful song uh, plays over it. And it's a very strangely peaceful and soothing way to end um, the movie that's um, it's a hard movie to describe really, but it's very um, politically engaged and um, somewhat enamored of the luxury in which she's living and to just have this moment where she's really just, yeah, indulging in that um, while sort of like giving into a sense of oblivion uh, was a very cool way to end the movie. Um, yeah, this is another movie that I've seen twice and, mm. um, 
both times. Yeah. Left with that song in my head, I was completely unfamiliar with soap and skin, um, as, as an artist, uh, it looks like it's a one woman, uh, experimental music so, project. Sorry, what's the soap and skin. No, what, what was the, the movie? Corsage. Oh, Corsage. Oh, it's, okay. uh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's yeah. a biopic of uh, you know what's her face, uh, Sissy, the Empress of Austria. Austria, Austria. Mm. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I guess um, she's been soap and skin. Her real name is Anya Francisca Plaschk. Uh, has been active since two thousand six, but uh, I didn't didn't know about her. Uh, Corsage also has. I don't think these really count as needle drops because they're like covers. Uh, like diegetic covers, but it has people playing anachronistic modern songs. You know, there's a, there's a scene where um, they listen to a harpist play uh, as tears go by. And there's um, another scene where they're taking like dance lessons or something. And the guy is playing on like a little, I don't know what you even call it. It's like a ukulele, but Austrian, I guess uh, playing, um, uh, Help me! Is it help me make it through the night? The Chris Christopherson song. Um, it's a really, really great. There's a couple of great moments. Great use of music. That's an amazing movie. Did you uh, did you see Catherine called Birdie? The Lena Dunham. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that also it, has that did a similar similar thing with the uh, the covers of uh, yes. modern songs. Yeah. On the uh, yeah, but all by the same Miss, woman. I forget yeah, her name. Misty Miller. Misty Miller. Yeah. 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 It's like all '90s stuff, and it's all covers yeah I it's liked, not yeah it's not i like Catherine called birdie it's not quite period appropriate i think but it's close enough as far as like instrumentation and stuff mm. oh i see what you mean. Yeah, yeah yeah uh all right so um are we on to john's last pick i guess so uh okay i'm gonna dip into my second choices here because I, I got sniped on a couple this is the trouble <laughs> with going third um <laughs> Okay, I'll go with one uh, we were talking about off mic. Um, Wendell and Wild. Uh, and there's a few I could pick, but I will go with Germ-Free Adolescence by X-Ray Specs. And that's, um, that's a, so in the scene, in that particular scene, I think it's the one where um, she discovers her, spoilers, I guess, her yeah. resurrected parents in her former basement. Um, but that whole, the, the majority of the soundtrack is sort of, um, takes the form, I think of a mixtape of sorts, uh, that her, of her dad's favorites or her parents' favorites. Um, and that was one of them. Uh, X-Ray Specs makes another appearance earlier in the movie. Um, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not prepared to talk about it cause it was kind of, a, a yeah, reserve choice, but, um, but yeah, we were talking about this because the um, all of the songs in the movie are rock songs by black musicians or black fronted bands. bands. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, the unifying theme, yep, yeah. I, I, um, my yeah, in my honorable mentions is Ghost Town by the Specials, uh, which, um uh is used when we first when we, our introduction to the scream fair which is if you haven't seen the movie is a horrifying uh <laughs> hellish uh, amusement park um although um 
that might have been breaking my. I don't know if this quite counts of like a song belonging to a movie, but um, uh, Ghost Town is in the when um, Tommy Lee Jones is giving Tom Sizemore the tour of the prison in Natural Born Killers. Uh, <laughs> it's it's Ghost Town, and I kind of always yeah. associated with that with that scene. But that's not a that's a personal thing because not everyone watched Natural Born Killers eighty times when they were in eighth grade. <laughs> Um, yeah, just All overall, right. yeah, I no. just like that whole soundtrack, and I like that. I like a unifying theme, and I, yeah, I think that worked. Um, all right, I am gonna just toss out a couple that I, uh, a few that I didn't in- include. Um, the first kiss between the two main characters in Cha Cha Real Smooth, the song is called Forest Green by Big Red Machine. It's a, a, a nice moment. Um, and um kind of i i i almost expected scott to pick this one um the walker brothers song in my room in peter von kant um oh i forgot about that yeah he's kind of after he's you know met the young the the new like source of his infatuation that will make up uh the movie and drive him crazy the rest of the movie he's sort of dancing around his apartment uh to this walker brothers song um, sounds like sounds like i should see this because i love fassbender and i love mm-hmm. the walk scott walker so yeah, there you go yeah it's a really it's good a really movie. good movie yeah good. <laughs> jinx um and then a couple of others i will uh i don't know if these even count well here's one the movie hasn't even come out yet but i saw it at, at tiff um but um a needle drop in a documentary the documentary dehumani corporis fabrica uh which is about um shot at a few different uh uh french or parisian hospitals and the very end scene you see um it's the nurses and hospital workers having kind of like a party they're unwinding at the end of the day and they're listening to blue monday by new order by the way mm. um uh very very loud uh, um uh are you, are also- you guys <laughs> sorry i keep interrupting your flow here are you guys oh, go ahead a- adam curtis stuff at all who is that He's a he's a English documentarian. It's mostly oh more I, like I, a video essayist. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's mostly Didn't his I mean, uh, his YouTube channel got taken down for like copyright violations or something. Wow, like too many not of that, them. Not that I heard about. Was or am I thinking of a different or, guy? Maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of a different guy. Well, he does these long form documentaries. It's it's one of those things where some people say, "Oh, it's a movie," and some people say, "No, it's a series." Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, they're documentaries, and and he has a lot of great needle drops. Although his last project, he dispensed entirely with them and didn't use any music. Hmm. So, um, and then I want to ask you guys about a couple. First off, um, this isn't even really a needle drop because it's a it's a piece of. Well, I guess it's what I think of as a piece of score from another movie used. Mm-hmm. So, Fire of Love uses clouds up by air which is from the virgin suicides soundtrack Hmm, Um, that counts that counts yeah okay would you say Um, like any of the kill bill stuff for example because he you know i see what you're saying like because it's not yeah i know wes anderson used a bunch of of score from indian movies and darjeeling limited yeah that's another yeah but if what i'm saying is that uh, yeah, it, it counts as a needle drop, I guess, but it's also, we, we said we generally doing like songs, not score. And this is, 
does does clouds up by air count as score or is it a song mm. i think it becomes a song once when it's a re- trump <laughs> yes when you remove it from the context it was meant to score okay to me- um and uh uh here here's what i have a question for the the panel here all right in bodies 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 before things go crazy this was on my uh... they're dancing around to 212 by azuya banks mm-hmm. but it felt weird to me that this movie that is seems to be very much about like this generation now has them dancing to a song that is over a decade old 2013 the... yeah um okay so not quite a decade old then uh i thought it was like 20 i thought it was older than that but um that felt like a weird choice to me to use that song when this is supposed they, to be about <laughs> youth like they're not like you think that it's the, not the, about the director's out of backwards. touch is that what you're Do you saying think that's all it is is just that like the director didn't know that was a 10 year old song <laughs> no i mean like the characters are all let's say 25 ish so if that song came out when they're like 15 16 they're still listening to that song. That's a good. That makes sense. Yep, that's a good call. That's a. Good that's call. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You, there's you another. There's another song uh, in that movie. Um, it's called "Board in the House," which I thought was a uh, very appropriate. It's, yeah. it's 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 like a pandemic era rap song that Tyga made with this guy Curtis Roach, the the rapper Tyga, and it's uh again it's kind of like you know it's a little self-conscious or self-aware uh to put a song called bored in the house in, in that movie yeah um, <laughs> um well, but yeah, that reason like, it sounds like she's not out of touch after all right yeah yeah all right um those are my uh also rains what do you guys you guys got anything else you wanted to toss out uh yeah just two um i mentioned this on our main episode i think for our afi wrap up but uh use of let's dance in bardo false chronicle of handful of truths is pretty great uh okay. the whole movie is like this Bowie great, like, dream sequence yeah totally yeah. um and uh there's a sequence in a nightclub where similar to after sun uh they play the song in this case it's to the right tempo but it drops out all the music so it's just bowie's lyrics and watching that in a theater at the new art which like really blasts the sound um it's a pretty super cool sequence because there's not like there's big pauses between the lyrics and the song. It's not like it's mm-hmm. constant lyrics. And so you just get like these people dancing, like there's music playing, but then just Bowie coming in every right now and again, just going, let's dance. Um, and <laughs> so, you know, the movie doesn't really hang together, but it's got a handful of these moments that are, they're pretty great. Um, and then I did want to shout out, I know it's totally dumb, but it fits a very dumb movie. The use of uh, something in the way by Nirvana and the Batman um really sets the tone for the kind of movie that's like way overly self-serious and a little obvious about it um but which i still kind of enjoyed for that quality did you like uh i didn't mind that but i didn't think that he need to bring it he he brings it back at the end right i think i remember bringing it at some point yeah Yeah, and i i thought that was a little too much well the whole movie is a little too much (laughs) (laughs) i think like by the time that song dropped i was just like all right we're in yeah. this movie knows exactly what it wants for better or worse. Um, and I kind of appreciate that. I, uh, I didn't see the Batman. Um, 
I not that the, the movie something the way it doesn't belong to this movie, but I do remember. I don't know if you remember in Jerry Maguire, uh, Jerry O'Connell's character, who's kind of like the dumb like college recruit who's like trying to uh, come up to the the NFL, or he's being wooed by all the teams. Yeah. Um, in his hotel room, he's he's playing something in the way on his guitar when Tom Cruise walks in. <laughs> Never, I don't think I picked that up. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Sean, you got anyone you wanted to throw out? I think most of them were covered. Uh, yeah, okay. that bodies, bodies, bodies one. You you had the X pick. Um, yeah. Yeah, you had Barbarian, which is on my, yeah. Um, no, yeah, right. I think that's it. Should we what? mention, uh, it's not quite in the field we're talking about. Should we mention how Mahler's Fifth was in multiple movies this year? <laughs> was it really? I mean, I know obviously it was in Tar. What else? Uh, Decision to Leave, it's used multiple oh, times. Yeah. Over the, oh, over it the sure is. Movie, oh, yeah. I even thought that at the time. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good. I like the movie. Uh, yeah, and the, the, it's very effectively used there, I thought. Um, well, that reminded not since... Was it 2017 when uh, Okja and Free Fire both used both used John Denver's Annie's song for like big like climactic like they weren't subtle uses they were like in the same year that same song for like big highlighted moments um, uh, that seems so strange to me and then that was also the year that uh, what Take Me Home Country Roads or whatever was oh, yeah. in both logan lucky and alien covenant so he had like right. two john denver songs that were both in two movies in the same oh, year <laughs> the john denver estate was he, rolling he, in it. yeah he put a he was having a fire sale or something i guess so yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um well this was a, a a ton of fun um we'll do it again next year uh hopefully we'll have a um a richer uh field of to to this uh, yeah to, this actually turned out well pluck from there were more there were a few yeah. and seeing that i want to check out and, and more than i had uh had occurred to me or i had known about so um, turned out well. all right well uh yeah i guess i gotta see the batman uh, <laughs> three hours man buckle yeah. up so yeah uh so you can find us at battleship retention.com obviously that's there's the link to the gofundme uh there um I'd say check out reviews, but I'm behind. Uh, you can check it. You can check out my other podcast, though. It's called The One Where I Met Your Mother. My wife, Natalie, and I watch an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Um, and uh, uh, we're, we're getting into... Uh, we're in mid-season four, so I feel like we're, we're getting into... Um, definitely far into big... Uh, big name guest star territory on on friends just to watch an episode with charlton heston in it um uh yeah so uh you could you could find that uh go ahead so when you run out of how i met your mother but you have friends left are you gonna dip into how i met your father or what what are you gonna do that's been suggested but so far we've been because we've had a couple seasons um so far there's a good deal more friends episodes correct yes it feels like a good chunk 
Yeah, so we're doing it by season. So we've had a couple seasons already where there were longer friend seasons than how many mm-hmm. other seasons. So, so for those episodes, we we watched Friends and did our whole show, and then we did just a bonus discussion about me and Natalie's favorite undersung TV show of all time, uh, Mystery Diners from the Food Network. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we have gotten at least one of our listeners, um, whom we call our friends and mothers, uh, uh, hooked on 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 mystery diners which is our that's our mission in life is to get more people to watch the most ridiculous tv show of all time um mystery diners uh yeah so you can find that at battleshipretention.com you can email me at david at battleshipretention.com you can follow me on twitter at davy pretension um i'm also on letterbox but i don't even know what my letterbox name is um but i've been trying to like do more do more than just logging things actually like have some comments about stuff that i watch uh recently um anyway uh uh let's see uh well let's go the same order we went scott where can people find you uh yeah i too am trying to post more on letterboxd unfortunately i wrote up a good deal of uh thoughts on other people's children while i was waiting in the car for a bit and then yeah, open another app and lost the entire thing I wrote. Oh, so uh, I'll I'll start posting there eventually after I get over that heartbreak. Um, but Letterbox is solid yeah, place you, to you find. You can't me. you can't draft in the app. No, no. I was bored. I, I knew I had twenty minutes to kill, and then someone <laughs> called me and ruined everything. Yeah. Uh, all right. Is that it? Yeah. Sure. All right, Sean. Where do you want people to find you on the internet? I mean, I'm barely on the internet. Uh, I, I'm jouster on Letterboxd, if you want. I, I don't, I'm bad at it. <laughs> I don't write <laughs> reviews, but I do log and occasionally comment and stuff. Um, that's probably it. I have a band. Uh, we're on the verge of changing our name, but. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Uh, this uh, is news to me. News to you. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll, I'll get you the update on that, but um. Currently, it's at Spectre Exits, S-P-E-C-T-E-R-E-X-I-T-S, um, we're on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should use your letterbox more. You reminded me, sometimes I, I, I forget that people I know in real life also, like, can see my social media. Like, I think of it as as, as separate yeah. uh yeah but it, so it was funny like i've had like people text me like how could you only give one star to this movie right. or like uh recent last weekend i was hanging out with you and your girlfriend and we were talking about infinity pool and your girlfriend was like oh you really liked that and then like i hadn't even said anything about it yet. <laughs> right <laughs> right uh yeah uh yeah but yeah letter, letterbox giving away is your fun. secrets are your tips? i guess so yeah uh all right um well thank you uh scott for filling in for tyler thank you sean for being here once again and thank you at home for listening and we'll get you next time bye bye